The world is always trying to figure out what will be the solution for the land of Israel and the Middle East. How can there be peace? Every from time to time again, they, they bring up the topic of making a two-state solution. Practically, people see that this is not able to work. It doesn't work as much as billions of foreign aid can go into such a, a dream or pressuring Israel just to give away and uh, not even return for anything. Just give away land and that's going to uh, somehow magically create a peace with bloodthirsty uh, terrorism. We see it doesn't work. Um, whether it is the greatest uh, leaders of the world, the UN, or the President of the United States, or, or maybe a pal, uh, Prime Minister of Israel, it will not make any difference. Giving away land and creating a two-state solution is not a solution, and it does not work. The Torah tells us that the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. This is not up for negotiation. From once, Hashem gave the land to Avraham and his descendants through Yitzchak, through Isaac. After that point onwards, in the Brit, uh, the covenant of the Ben Abitarim, the, uh, the covenant that was promised to the descendants of Isaac and his and and the Jewish people, that this is their land. And we also find that the Torah forbids us to give portion for to to other nations to live in the land. It says in. Parshat uh, Chanan in Sefer Devarim, in chapter seven, pasuk uh, the second pasuk there, Lo lahem lo Don't make a covenant with them and don't give them a chania. Don't give them a portion in the land. The pasuk is talking about the seven nations of the that live the Canaanite nations. However, commentators. For example, like the Minchas Chinuch on the mitzvah for this mitzvah not to give a portion of land to uh, idolaters and the like, he says that even though that this law was mentioned on the seven nations, this is on the Chinuch on uh, mitzvah Tavchavav chapter four hundred mitzvah four hundred twenty six. He says even though that this prohibition was on the seven nations, nonetheless most uh, codifiers like the Ramam and the Chinuch and others. And the Tosfut in Avodah Zarah say that it's not mentioned, uh, this is really mentioned on uh, all of the Avodah Zarah and the like, really, and as well um, Arabs and like, you can't give them a portion of the land. The Rebbe even mentioned that giving uh, land away, peace treaty deals and the like, is a prohibition, a negative commandment of lo sichonem, do not give them land away. Any compromise on this issue are forbidden. We also find that uh, it's mentioned, and I've mentioned this in the past, that lands or, or parts of Eretz Yisrael that are on the border, that are um, that hostile Gentiles come there to besiege it or the like, so that you should go out there with full arms, even on Shabbat, even to protect it. So the... Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is that the whole land of Eretz Yisrael today, it's, it's such a thin, it's small. And from every border, anyone who, who's gone through, who's been in Eretz Yisrael or lives in Eretz Yisrael, you know, you have many parts of it, there's uh, high tall walls, be, tall walls because there are uh, neighboring um, Arab villages and the like. And really halachically, and this the Rebbe said in already 1978, that the mass of Israel and its proximity to our borders is in such a way that every single city has the law of a city on the border. 
And therefore, it's an obligation that every individual Jew to do all within his ability to be armed as needed, not in order to exhibit strength, personal strength, but because that's the commandment of God, in order to protect very many Jews on the borders, the conduct that is demanded in Jewish law. And we're seeing now that, you know, we, we, we need to start arming as many uh, civil civilians. Uh, uh, regular people as we can just to protect and, and, and understand that, that the borders of Israel are, are, are from all angles and it's, and it's so crucial. Um, there is this, this love, this prohibition of not selling land or not giving away land, in this case it's even giving away for free in, in exchange for nothing, is actually uh, brought in, in the Shulchan Aruch in Yordea. It's brought in the laws of uh, so it's in chapter 151 in this uh, Siv Zayin in 7 it says is that we're not allowed to sell to the Goyim anything connected to the, uh, to the ground like a tree or the like you can sell them a tree if you cut it off the uh, right away because it's not connected to the ground it's we're not allowed to sell them houses or fields in Eretz Yisrael. We are allowed to rent to them houses, but we're not allowed to rent to them fields. So you see that why is why you're not allowed to sell them a house in Eretz Yisrael? Because it says lo techanem. You're not allowed to give them a portion in the land. You can't give them that ability to stay in the land. Now, um, if it was renting, there could be leniencies there. In Hilchas Shabbos, we find. A very interesting halacha in chapter three hundred six in Orachaim, uh, Sif eleven. It says you're allowed to acquire a house in Eretz Yisrael from a from a goy on Shabbos, and you could have the goy uh, sign the contracts, um, and you instruct them to do it. So it should be legal and binding. And uh, since why? Because normally to tell a goy to do something on Shabbos is rabbinically forbidden, right? And therefore, there shouldn't be any heter to do it on Shabbos. However, in this case, because Jewish people to buy land in Israel or houses in Israel, it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of Yeshiva Aretz, a mitzvah which is to settle the land of Israel. So therefore, they, the rabbis did not make a decree that we would instruct a guy to do something which is rabbinically forbidden, like in this case, writing down contracts for real estate purposes in Eretz Yisrael, even though that they, normally you can't uh, instruct a guy to do a, a third, uh, you know, for you. But for this very strong, important mitzvah, you could. So you see how, how important it is to, to, to have control over the land of Israel. In the talk from the Rebbe, he mentions um, that if a goy has land in Israel, what they're holding on to is not to their benefit. It's not, it's not something which, uh, which is going to be good for them. In fact, the, the, the Rebbe brings that for their own benefit, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, be, in, they shouldn't be holding on to the land of Israel. Where all it is, is it's a form of theft. It's a form of stealing. This is a talk from the Rebbe in Shabbos Parshas Bereshis, 1970, where he said that if we, meaning as Jewish people, very straightforward, we don't, we don't have doubt on our words. 
we announce that the land of Israel is the land that God gave to the Jewish people. If we give it over in a very clear message, it'll be well accepted. And that when it says, do not steal, this refers to claiming that the land of Israel belongs to the Palestinian people. Like, that's stealing. The gentle needs to be taught that the land of Israel is in its possession is constitutes theft. Transgressing one of these laws, one incurs, according to the Noahide laws, a death sentence. And if he is careful about this, he merits life. When the land of Israel is not in his hands, this is for his own good. Where does the Torah tell us that the land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people by the covenant of pieces? In Genesis 13.15, to you will I give it. It says in 15.8 in Genesis, I have given it to your progeny. And, and the like. I want to mention, I was, um, I was in Israel in 2005 when, before the Gush Katif was uh, given over to Aza, the, the terrorists, and that was before Hamas officially uh, became a chartered uh, in control, which was only in 2007. They used to sometimes, you know, shoot rockets to the Gush Katif area, uh, not nearly like the capabilities that they have today or the like. So they, and also it wasn't under, Israel didn't have the strong siege as it used to have on it. So I remember when I was in Gush Katif, this was in uh, 2005, it was actually the last day when I left, they made an announcement that anyone outside Gush Katif could no longer visit there because they were preparing to um, to evacuate all people who live there, which they ended up doing on Tisha B'Av of that year. So I remember I came to visit Gush Katif, and a beautiful place. Uh, I saw the children learning Torah there on, on Paraly. I've never seen such an amazing thing. And... I, I saw at the southern tip of the Gush Katif, you could see the Egyptian flags, the Egyptian border, literally because the Sinai Desert, which again Israel gave away at that time, um, for no reason actually. And you could see that that's, it's like the border of the southern tip of Gaza. So you know, wonder where is all the where is all the weapons coming in from today? You know. So it used to be that Israel was the buffer zone between Egypt and Gaza. And after Gush Katif, it became that uh, Egypt is, we're, we're, trusting, we're, we're trusting on Egypt to be the, to make sure that no weapons are coming into Gaza. Uh, As you see, they didn't do a good job on that, to say the least. In a talk from the Rebbe about um, not trusting about, not trusting in Egypt, this was in Parsha uh, of 1983, this was, you know, referring to the peace treaty that Israel made, you know, in which they trusting Egypt. On the other hand, there's trust. Egypt doesn't do anything to be trusted. And I'll quote a part of it: When whoever the government, when however the government returned those buffer zones to Egypt, they brought the Egyptian border closer to the Jewish inhabited areas, creating an immediate security danger. When they asked the Egyptian minister to explain. He says back, why do you not honor the agreement which you signed? When we ask the Egyptian um, minister, he says, why don't you honor the agreement? What does he reply back? He says, in your Torah it is written, do not turn to the arrogant, do not put your trust in Egypt. So so the the Egyptian minister is saying, you yourselves were the cause of all this. You placed your trust in Egypt. As we have spoken in the past, all this comes from an inferiority, complex before the Gentiles. They put their trust in him and wish to find favor in his eyes. 
So we, what we need to do, of course, is be clear that we don't put our trust in other nations for these matters. And the Rebbe says that even after they see the results of this conduct, all unanimously agree about the serious mistake made at Camp David, and they gave back everything in return for nothing. Instead of learning from past mistakes and changing future conduct, continue down the same path. So as Hashem, we're not looking to uh, criticize these times. We're not, we're not focusing on we know what it was, and as Hashem, we're going to go in, a, in the direction of steadfastness, steadfast and understanding that the borders of Israel are not up for negotiation, and it's not in anyone's benefit to try to change that. And the Torah and God gave this to us, and that's not something that could be changed, and not through money and not through pressure. And, and God willing, we will be able to stand to this strong test and make our message nice and loud and clear, and the, the nations will accept it. And Bezrat Hashem, God will bless us with peace and will put peace upon the land.